Boom! What's up, Familia? I'm here in Nashville, and I just finished editing a really incredible interview. I gave a teaser on this already on the Instagram, but now we can officially say we have Victoria Blade from WandaVision on the podcast today. And I was fanboying out the entire time. It was such an incredible honor to interview her. She, of course, was the commercial woman in WandaVision's commercials. And if you were tuning into our coverage back when we were covering WandaVision, you know she was my favorite character to speculate about. I thought she was Wanda's mom. I thought she was Mephisto. The list goes on. Victoria has had such an incredible career, and of course, we talk all about WandaVision and what it was like to work with Katherine Hahn, Kevin Feige, and of course, Elizabeth Olsen. But we also get into her other projects like Doom Patrol and Alien Baby, her music career, and what the theater scene is like in Chicago. So it is such a great interview. I am so proud of it. This is why we do interviews here at Power of X-Men. It makes you feel connected to a much larger narrative. And this interview with Victoria is emblematic of that. And I am so proud of this. So without further ado, we're going to play the interview. Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop Apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat Apocalypse. Oh my god, Familia! We have Victoria Blade on podcast today. <laughs> Cheers. How are you doing, Victoria Blade? I am doing really well. Very busy with all good things. I know. I'm obsessed. I'm on your newsletter. Obviously, I love your music. I loved you so much in WandaVision. I'm literally so starstruck right now that we're here <laughs> chatting. You look so fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> okay well i have to ask about your new song easy together before we get into like wandavision questions because i've been yeah. jamming out to it oh thank week. you tell me tell me about this new song how did it come about yeah uh good question um well i love writing music i love writing songs and this one uh was just inspired by like the theme of it is just overcoming obstacles you know um which we all face <laughs> it's a very human thing um and just i you know i'm lucky and blessed to have met the love of my life and um the song is kind of about if i have this love and i have true love in my life that nothing can defeat me um so in my mind, I actually just got off a call. We're planning a music video shoot for the song. And the imagery was very much just like in the beginning, I'm sort of bound up and stuck in like a tower, you know, like somebody's chained me up and I'm not able to go do the things I love and be with the people I love. But then I break free and kind of run out and find my band and we start playing together. And so that's what the song's about. It's about overcoming I love that so much. And wait, I want to ask a follow up question about making a music video because I'm kind of audibly deaf. My husband works in the music industry, so I should know more than I actually do. How, <laughs> how does that work? You, you you write the song, you you put it out there and then do you do the music video afterwards? How does that sort of work in like the entire creative process? Yeah, great question. It can work in a lot of different ways. Um, that's the great thing about music videos because you don't have to worry about the sound element while you're filming, it gives you a lot of creative freedom to kind of move the camera wherever you want to go. So my process has always been the songs recorded without a music video really in mind most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then once the song's recorded, if you're inspired enough by the song, it propels me to want to plan the music video. So it's always inspired 
by whatever the song's about, whatever the the theme of the song is or whatever the energy of the song is that inspires the imagery. And then you just go from there as far as like who you want to work with as far as a director or how much crew you need, what what equipment you need. It's different for every one. Yeah. Now for like the multiple like segments or scenes in the music video, do you film like that entire scene, like the entire song, and then you kind of just like splice it together? Or Pretty much. Is that yeah. how it works? Okay. Pretty much. Except in, unless you have really specific shots that um, are just kind of a cutaway shot. You don't have to obviously film that for the whole four minute song or whatever. But yeah, I've edited some of my own music videos as well. And that's a really easy way to do it. If you just have the whole song in each scene, if you will, or whatever shots you're using. Um, it's it's such a fun medium because there's just no no rules and really no way you can mess it up. <laughs> Okay, well, you are such an incredibly talented individual. I mean, I've seen you do comedy, obviously, mm -hmm. WandaVision. You've directed, you've written, you act. What what sort of came first when you were kind of like growing up and starting to embrace all these like multiple talents you had? Oh, that's a good question. I I guess what came very, very first would be songwriting because I remember being very young, like five years old, playing in my massive backyard, like in Detroit, Michigan, and making up songs. And I and I remember some of those songs, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, years later. So I guess that was, I never thought of it that way, but that was kind of the first creative impulse I had was to put melody and lyrics together. Um, so interesting. Yeah, but then, well, then I guess, yeah, my first role as an actor I, I auditioned for the musical Annie and that and I got that role so acting always oh. felt the first thing um but when I think about it I'm like oh it was always tied to music because obviously that's a musical yeah, yeah. I mean, Annie is such an iconic role I did I did not know that you you played her when you were a kid what was it like doing Annie it was awesome. It was like a dream. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. Um, because that that was like the role to get if you're a child actor, right? Like I the only person I can think of right now is Sarah Jessica Parker, who played her back, you know, in the day. Yeah. But like that's incredible that you got that, that's a testament to your talent. Thank you. Yeah, because that was my first audition. So uh it was all instinct at that time, you know, you're just up there as a 10-year-old. <laughs> you know, just acting out of instinct. So I, I, honestly, it was a huge blessing. Um, it was a small production in, in Michigan. And, but to me, it was, it was the beginning, you know, it was a big deal. And like 400 girls auditioned for that. That's for insane. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're naturally a redhead. So yeah. like, I mean, they're like, there you go. That's insane. like, the, I, I guess, like, was your family very encouraging of when you got like the acting? Because when I was like a little punk, I in Miami. I was like, I want to be an actor. My abuela was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, but you actually grew up in an environment where it, it was fostered that your, your parents encouraged you. Did they come from a theater acting arts background as well? Yes, my mom um, grew up, she did plays like local plays as she was growing up. And um, yeah, my mom, I, I remember when I was like, I saw it in the newspaper. I was like, there's Annie auditions. Can I go? And she was just like, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> she was down. Like she drove me to all those rehearsals every night and to all the performances and made me take vitamins. So I didn't get sick for my performance. Oh my God. I didn't even think of something like go oh, mama blade taking yeah, care she of was you. Good. Yeah. She, she always, always saw it as like a possible. She always saw that dream as it could be a reality, you know, and now it is. Yeah, well, congratulations. It's a really good reality. And obviously, we're going to dive in on some of the properties you've been part of. But um, you've been in like Doom Patrol, Watchmen, obviously, WandaVision. Was little Victoria, 10 years old, playing Annie? Was she a comic book fan? Were you, were, were comic books or like those kind of properties on your radar growing up? Great question. I 
Yes. At my grandma's house, the um, Batman animated series was always on and I loved it. I mean, I totally, I totally resonated with all those female characters and just their sass and their determination and their power. Like, yeah, it was, I was totally a fan of, and actually as an adult, I'm still just a huge fan of the animated series. I'm like blown away by how good those episodes are and the sound design you know the craft the voiceover work it's just like so good um and then yeah I always loved I remember seeing like the first Spider-Man with you all will know because this is like (laughs) your what Tobey Maguire Yes, yes, absolutely. The first one with him. And I came out of that screening being like, that was, I love good versus evil, which is the basic storyline of all comic books. And it's just the greatest storyline, you know? So, so you can, it it just goes so deep, I think, into human nature. So there's Mm -hmm. something about whenever I see a great comic book movie where it's just good versus evil, I get so invested. <laughs> I Well, no, I mean, I love those modern, you know, interpretations of like good versus evil. I mean, these are modern myths being regurgitated for us. I forgot. I think it was my thesis advisor, Dale Peck, who told me that once. And I was like, wow, like those were years ago. I'm like, I never yeah. thought about it like that. I was into it for the drama and all that stuff. But, you know, it's funny. I um, My day job is an auctioneer and mm-hmm. I was doing a gala here in the city for a theater company and Kevin Conroy who voiced Batman or still yeah. voiced Batman was there and I saw him and Victoria like I like fell in love with him I like went up to him like Kevin I'm in love with you and he's like oh, let's talk and he did the Batman voice for for me and everything um. but the reason why the series was so good and I think this is also why even your performances you know have have resonated with people is because he has a theater background and he brought mm-hmm. that to his role. And when I was reading your bio and finding out about you, knowing that you have a theater background, that makes perfect sense, especially seeing your stage presence. Mm, yeah, thank you. That's very sweet of you to, to notice. Um, there is something about the way you're trained as a whole body in theater. You're not just thinking about the shot or like you're not just thinking about a one you know just this you're thinking about the whole physical presence um which is also like comic books are very theatrical you know um in nature so yeah thank you for noticing no worries no i mean i think a lot of the actors i know personally or or ones i admire they have a really great theater background. You can always spot that in performances, you know, versus some other actors who do, who still do great stuff, but okay, wait. So you're, you're from Michigan. You did Annie and then we know you, you left and then you went to the Chicago theater scene, right? Yeah. How was, how was the, I don't know anything about the theater scene in Chicago. Tell me, how was that? I, I love Chicago. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. The So I can't speak to post pandemic, but when I was there, um, we were there five years and I just did plays. I played Hamlet. I played Ophelia, you know, uh, did Les Mis, like did um, plays that were self-written by the community that we researched um, this one play we did called Crime Scene Anthology. We were just researching I mean, this is kind of a a sad part, but violent crime in Chicago and, you know, it's, it's an epidemic across the U S but we did a bunch of research on specific stories and really as a community came together and wrote a play about crime in Chicago. And I ended up writing a song for it. And, um, that's just one example of the incredible thoughtfulness and community that is in Chicago, especially when it comes to writing brand new work. Um, It was such a collaborative community environment. Um, It's a really unique place to, to get your footing as an actor because it's so all about the work of being an actor and, and and writing together and collaborating and it's and it's not so much about 
the business side of things. So it's a really beautiful and pure creative playground to, to, it was a wonderful place to start out. Well, I would it, recommend it to anybody. <laughs> you, you said, well, I, anytime I get booked in Chicago, I, I just love it. I, we stay by, I usually stay at the St. James somewhere around millennial park. My geography yeah. is terrible. I don't think I actually have been booked since the pandemic. Mm. I, miss it. I miss Chicago very much, but you said something really interesting when you were talking just now about how everything is very collaborative. And I think a lot of people forget that uh, these productions that you're a part of and everything you do, collaboration is key here. You know, you all working <laughs> towards a, a, a single project and you all have to kind of like be on the same equation when it comes yeah. to stuff. Oh yeah. Especially with something like, yeah, like the scale of WandaVision. It's like, there's so much thought put into every detail. Like I recently met um, the woman who was in charge of the toast in the toaster commercial. Yeah, yeah. And I know her mother, her mother and I are like filmmaker friends. And I, I met her and I was like, oh my God, I couldn't see her that day because she was all, you know, masked up and everything. But I was like, oh, you were in charge of the toast. Like, oh my God. It's okay. just so collaborative. Yeah. Wait, I need to know. There was a toast. <laughs> was it specific toast in there for the for the commercial? I just love that attention to detail. Oh, yeah. Everything. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there were just like meetings and emails about that. About toast. everything. Like, How it's going to pop up. Everything. Oh, yeah. Everything is so, so thoughtful. Yeah. Well, you can tell. I mean, I think the fact that WandaVision is probably one of the highest rated loved Disney Plus show speaks for itself. It's because you guys had so much detail in that production. But mm, wait, so yeah. you were you were in Chicago. What 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 took you to LA? I mean, I just I'm assuming normal work. Unless you're going to tell me they called you up for WandaVision. Kevin Feige was like, "Come here," and then we can dive into that. But you, I, I'm assuming it was just work in LA. Yeah, what brought me to LA? Um, well, it's been a long road. We've we've lived in we did. We lived in Brooklyn for three years. Right. Um, we did work okay. there, more theater. Um, and then we were living in Atlanta for a while as well. Um, and, and I actually still have an apartment there and have a ton of friends there. And obviously they shoot a lot of a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, L.A., it just, yeah, you know, work, work calling, relationships calling. <laughs> it just felt like the natural step. Yeah. So what is it like to go from doing like theater production in somewhere like Chicago and then being part of big like comic book franchises like Marvel and DC and all sure. that? Sure. Yeah. Honestly, in its essence, it doesn't feel that different. Like the work itself isn't that different, right? Like you, you study a character, you, you make choices, you um, show up on these beautiful sets that have been created. Um, Love that. The, the main difference is just way less rehearsal. Um, but in, in general, it feels very similar to, to doing a scene in a play. I was thinking about that recently, how it's really not that different. Um, so that's kind of nice. Is that collaborative like effort still there? Like, especially for you as an actor where you're kind of coming into this established like property, are you able to sort of weigh in on your character's choices? You know, what is she wearing? You know, how she grabs the toast or is that very much curated? Um, it kind of depends on the production. Mm -hmm. Some Sometimes it's more collaborative depending on, how much time you have in post-production or anything like that. Um, it feels collaborative to me because like, especially for WandaVision and um, yeah, especially for WandaVision, because I was there from the very, very beginning. So I got to see the process really, really early. And um, it was delightful to watch the director and the writer and some of the producers like come to those decisions of, oh, I think we're going to have the same actors in every commercial. Um, you know, it, so it, it felt like, yeah, I was in on it from from a very early stage, which which is very, very fun. Um, 
But even, yeah, with Doom Patrol, even, yeah, the director and I were super collaborative. She was wanting to have all these conversations about the character and the relationship. And that it's the best when you get to when you get to collaborate. That's the best. So before I dive into too many questions about WandaVision, I did see Alien Baby. And I thought that was hysterical. (laughs) Thank you. Tell us about how that project came up. About. I thought it was so smart because as I told you on email, I've literally been in that situation. Not even just like if a coworker's telling me she's pregnant, but also like when I'm like talking myself out of something and then I realized, oh no, actually I'm kind of for it. You know what I mean? And I just <laughs> thought it was, I thought, I mean, like, I thought the writing was very smart. I thought the direction was very smart. And I thought the acting was really smart too. It was really well done. So I'm just curious how, how did that project sort of come into fruition? Yeah, I think I was, I was shooting a commercial and these two actresses on set with me were like, we just found out we were both pregnant and they had just found and they, and like, they were on set and they, and they were like, oh my God, I just found out I'm pregnant. So did I. And that was like the spark of it was like, okay, I really want, I almost wanted the whole thing to take place in like a bathroom where like they (laughs) just took the test and just found out, but it's too small in a bathroom. (laughs) It's like, okay, what if they're just office buddies? And um, honestly, the, the, the creative idea was just to shoot something comedic Mm -hmm. um, with really snappy back and forth dialogue, like sitcom style. Um, that would be easy to shoot. That would be fast and um, cheapish to shoot. And that was really the, and I just liked this idea of two women just finding this out and they both have very different reactions, mm-hmm. but then by the end, they've almost like switched. Yeah. Philosophies, which is just like a fun reversal. Yeah. It, it, I really pride myself in trying to see, see it coming, you know, in stories, but <laughs> I actually was surprised when Annie was like, I'm pregnant. Oh, good. I thought it was, I, I, I thought it was a genuine surprise. And, but I also loved that transition you're talking about where they switch, where Meg starts looking really unsure because, you know, Meg is calling her baby miracle, which we've all been there with someone who gives their child this, this bombastic name. And and I'm curious as a director, how you were able to not only act in the scene, but also direct it and create those sort of transitions as well. Rehearsal. (laughs) Yes. Rehearsal. Yeah. I, I, we, me and the other actress met up probably only two, two times before the shoot day but we just rehearsed it like we really almost like a play right like we got into a rhythm with the transitions and the beats where once we were on set I barely I barely directed the acting I got you Um, yeah I'm yeah so it was just kind of like we already knew yeah I I think I'm trying to remember an interview that Elizabeth Olsen said about rehearsal where she was here like for one scene you're supposed to rehearse like a hundred hours of it or something like that something like i've seen where i was like wow if i were an actor I would never <laughs> but <laughs> hearing you speak right now yeah rehearsal is the key to that and make those mistakes in rehearsal and just keep going at it over and over again yeah and just finding the tone and finding the rhythm the pacing um we did that all in rehearsal yeah well, speaking of rhythm, there if there was something that I, I think is really interesting about your work is that you occupy a lot of characters, not only in WandaVision, but also in like Doom Patrol and some of your other work, where in one you're you're in the 70s, another one you have this like very antiquated accent, another one you're post-futuristic, you know, talking about consciousness and stuff like that with uh <laughs> with a with Amanda Pete. What yeah. um how do you prepare yourself? Like, how do you even like prepare for a range like that? Great question. Um, so it all starts with the script. Um, so whatever choices I'm making, like it's all starting with, I'm reading the material and I'm getting ideas that are all from what the writer has put on the page. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, even for WandaVision, when we were shooting the toaster scene, me and Ithamar, who's lovely, 
Um, so handsome. <laughs> we had, yes, he is. He's married. He's oh, married. Sad. Sorry, <laughs> married ladies and gents. Um, uh, we were doing the toaster scene and we both were kind of coming at it with a little bit m- more of like a parody tone like because we're both we both like to do comedy um so we were coming at it with sort of a winky like fun and um the director who's lovely matt what just gave us the simplest little tweak and was like let's just do it genuine let's just do it as like we're really you know selling a toaster and and it was a lovely tweak and i thought his direction really really worked for the whole show just to that that we're not making fun of those eras or or those or, or that time right in advertising but we're just kind of lifting it up and saying this is this is how it was that that's actually a really good point because i remember um um after wandavision aired that first episode my husband and i went to timothy olton in the city and we were looking for some furniture because everyone in the pandemic is redecorating. But there were this like there was this couple here talking about WandaVision and they were explaining it to one of the designers at the store. And it was exactly what you just said. It's not making fun of this era. It's lifting it up. It's sort of taking those qualities from I think in at that point, it was what, like the 40s and the 50s. It was like bewitched uh, for those episodes. And, and really celebrating it. And I think it comes through. And I love that Matt gave you that direction, which was to be very earnest in the scene. You're yeah, not being a party. Absolutely. Yeah. And like we didn't, we needed that because like we're showing up on set and they've already been shooting for weeks, you know, so so we don't know exactly where the tone has kind of settled up until that day. Um, but yeah, I love your question about preparation because it's really like, that was what we were inspired to do. And then it's a, a combination with that. And then the direction, you always just have to trust the director because they see the whole thing and they know exactly how each part fits. Yeah. Um, so you just really trust, trust the direction. And shout out to Matt, who I think at D23 was just as announced as the Fantastic Four director. So Yeah. yeah. Hell Yeah. All right, so Wandavision. How did how did that come about? What did your agent just call you and was like, "Oh, Marvel has this casting call out there." Like, what what was the the, the process with Wandavision? It's so even simpler than that. So obviously, we get auditions all the time from our yeah. reps, and um, it just comes through as an email most of the time, right? Unless there's something you need to know that's some information they need to let you know. It's just an email. And it's, you know, it says Marvel SVOD project mm-hmm. untitled. Wait, SVOD. Yeah, I think that stands for streaming video on demand. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Sorry, <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, SVOD? What? <laughs> yeah, right? I, I, I think that's what it means. Um, I think in my mind that means streaming. Yeah, oh yeah, God. no, no, that's perfect. Yeah, video on demand. That's what they streaming. call streaming. Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah, so, so weird to when every time I hear video on demand, I'm always gonna think of like direct to DVD movies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so it just comes through as an email, and you you know, with Marvel, they're very secretive, so you just get your your scene, your pages. Um, and sometimes you know they'll change the names, so you don't really know who's who. Uh-huh. And yeah, so I just did a self tape, sent it in, and then a um, couple weeks later, was asked to come in and basically was filling in for all the roles that weren't cast yet or weren't present at those first table reads in Atlanta. And it was really fun. Like it was a little mysterious. Like I, I was like, I don't even know what this project is. I you know didn't know who was going to be there, and then ended up having a lovely week reading the scripts with most of the cast i would say maybe half were there and um it was just lovely and just hearing all about the show and i remember finishing that last episode reading it all together and by that point the whole cast was there mm-hmm. and um and i knew you know what role was mine and um yeah, reading that last episode, I just had chills. I thought it was so beautifully written and um, speaking to something 
really deep, right? Like I, I've never, I've never seen a comic book story about grief before. So it felt new and fresh and um, really feminine. And uh, it was just such a joy. And I just knew I was like, this is going to be amazing, you know, just by reading the scripts. Well, yeah, because what I think Marvel does really well, and I think what they killed it with WandaVision, I mean, they hit it out of the park with WandaVision, was they they take the source material, which is Wanda and Vision go live in the suburbs, but then they really meshed it up with a lot of human behavior, which, you know, in this case, Wanda dealing with, with her grief. And because, as you were saying earlier on, so many people in the production were looking at details and there were probably so many emails about the toast. I'm sorry, keep Harvey on the toast, but probably (laughs) so many emails. Celebrate toast. Celebrate toast. I've had a carb since 1998, but it's fine. Um, But I think what, what, why it did so well was because of all this attention to detail. And of course you and your your character which <laughs> i i don't know why i thought they named i haven't seen wandavision in like six months but i thought they had named her but she's commercial woman yeah and everyone on the internet victoria i mean i i spearheaded a lot of the conversation I'm like that's wanda's mom or <laughs> it's a manifestation of mephisto what what, what was sort of like this is a two-part question. One, as, as an actor, what is it like entering like a Marvel project? Because that is like a gold standard in terms of the fandom that sort of comes out for it and how hype people are for yeah. you. But also, how is it like like as an actor being like, oh my God, people are talking about, about my character and all these theories there. I mean, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Well, first of all, what's it like being a part of Marvel? Part of- um, yeah, you do really feel like you're entering something that's much bigger than all of us right like it just feels like this force that you're sort of entering into um but at the time I I wasn't really aware of that I would say to me it was just a cool exciting project to be a part of um the fandom element of it and having that big reaction was thrilling it was thrilling um that was really when I started to understand what it meant to be a part of <laughs> it. wasn't until much later that when the show was coming out and, he, and seeing everyone's reactions and excitement, that was when it really hit me of what this meant to people and the reach that it has. Um, yeah, it, it was thrilling. Did you? I, I, so there were so many rumors about like the production of WandaVision. Were you guys almost done? But then the pandemic happened or did you film after like the, once the pandemic was was underway i filmed once the pandemic was very much underway okay okay um, so all the commercials were f- and i think i think don't quote me on this i think yeah. the bulk of production seemed to to happen um late 2020 Okay. Um, so it was very you. deep into the pandemic. Does that makes sense because it, there were so many rumors about like, oh no, they were about to finish WandaVision and then the pandemic happened. You're not going to get it till 2025 or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't see me on that because really all I know is we shot a lot of stuff in, at, yeah. at the end of 2020. Yeah, it was it was like October, fall. And that fall. makes sense with a TV schedule, which I'm assuming these Disney Plus shows have more of a TV schedule instead of a, you know, like movie schedule. But that I, I, the uh, reason I don't know if there's a di- there's yeah. mm, what do you mean by TV schedule? I'm just saying it because I'm a little older. I always <laughs> think of like the traditional like 22 episode, like you're filming for like eight months, like you take a week to film an episode. Like kind of like how Buffy and Dawson's Creek, they take like a week, week and a half to film and then they pick up a new episode. Or do you all just like film everything at once? Um, It still happens like that sometimes. I would say the bulk of what I have worked on for TV um, shoots a little more like a film. Gotcha. Um, So they might be finishing up some scenes from episode three and we're on episode five and um, it's so different now because like with streaming, they're not thinking of it that way. Like, oh, we're putting out one episode a week. Some once in a while they do like in WandaVision, I thought it was brilliant how they paced it out like that. Um, 
<laughs> but most we're just trying to get it shot you know what That's i mean it. Yeah. yeah we're just trying to figure it out get it done uh and and keep everybody safe that's that's <laughs> what everybody's trying to do you know um yeah <laughs> so so you go off your audition and does does kevin feige call you personally and give you a hand basket and is like welcome to the mc i showed up at my door um <laughs> you gave me a corporate car <laughs> no <laughs> Um, no, I, I haven't met, haven't had the pleasure of meeting Kevin yet. Okay. Um, he seems lovely. Um, but no, I mean, when you're offered the role, it's like any other, uh, any it's, other thing, you just get a call from your agent and it's like, Hey, they want you for this. Here's the dates. Um, yeah. And then like you just show up. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, did you, did you get much interaction with Elizabeth Olsen? Yeah, she's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I am like not always aware of who everyone is in yeah. the industry, which which really helps me. Like, I I only know you if you're like Tom Cruise. Like, <laughs> I, I would know Tom Cruise. You know, I uh, I would know Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, I oh, I, I love am Gwyneth. Not... <laughs> we are Gwyneth stands on this podcast. I love Goop. I get. I literally drink Goop Glow every morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's she's a star um yeah like so i yeah absolutely met lizzie but didn't place her as elizabeth olsen i just yeah. met her as lizzie and it was lovely and we worked together and then i think i didn't realize uh that she was an olsen sister until uh, you know days later <laughs> it's kind of lovely i i um I, I love that about like because I just view it as this is my community and I and yeah. of course I'm always happy to just be collaborating with great actors which they obviously all are. Um, so for me, it was just meeting a meeting an actor uh, colleague and then learning later. Oh, okay, <laughs> I know why she looks familiar. You're like, oh, there you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's what, amazing. what about Catherine Hahn? She's such a like master of comedy did she give any pointers to you when you were doing your scenes any behind the scenes tips that you kind of got from her any lessons not directly no no not no direct tips yeah. or anything like that but but just by watching her um throughout the table reads and stuff what i what i learned from her just as an artist is how she's so fully invested and passionate Mm -hmm. about the story and I felt that way from her and Lizzie both like they were just so invested in the story and where it was going and and you know had all these questions and really just a beautiful um passion for what we're doing which is telling this story um so I would just say just by osmosis you know just I, I'll be around that. I, I would love to be around that passion all the time. That type of um, actor is like why we do this, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the community you're part of and sort of the contemporaries you're, you stand with, it's evident how how passionate you guys are, because I think projects like WandaVision and others that you've been part of succeed because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was so cool to to see that so early on, because a lot of times as, you know, a guest actor, you're walking in once the camera's basically rolling when you arrive, you know? So it was really beautiful to get that time where you're just talking about the story and you're just exploring the characters and they're asking questions to the writer, to the director, to the producer. Um, that was lovely to be a part of because as a guest actor sometimes you're just walking on doing your scene and you don't get to witness that beautiful genesis of the the collaborative process yeah we've we, we've had some other actors on the on the podcast before and they've talked about these wonderful guest spots they've had but how intimidating it can be to sort of be the one showing up while everyone's already establish those bonds and everything but it sounds like <laughs> WandaVision though is a very beautiful you know community to be part of because well, that one it, did, it, it felt like I was more of a a, a part of it so it didn't yeah. feel as much like a guest thing yeah. um but yeah you're you're certainly right it can be intimate I think I've I've 
been doing it for so long that luckily I I'm really comfortable showing up as a guest star and um I I love it I I love just meeting everybody like as long as I get with them I'm just happy to be there um whether it's a day or two weeks or two months like I love it all so this is where you you get to validate some of my fan speculation or just shoot me down so commercial woman in your head, did she have more of a story behind her? Were you told something about her behind, you know, the scenes like, oh, she was a resident or maybe she could have been Mephisto or something like that. What what were you given about her and sort of in your head? How did you how did you conceptualize her? Yeah, good question. Um, I wasn't given anything like that. Um and I, and I, because I understood the structure of the season of the series so well, having uh-huh. read it all the way through, I think to me, I just understood thematically um, what element I was serving in this sitcom TV world. Uh-huh. So I just thought of it very um, black and white like that, like, oh, this is so cool that we're not only sending up these um, love letters to different eras of television, but we're also like, it just felt so creative and fun to also throw in a, a commercial from that time frame as well. So I was thinking of it very black and white as like, my job is that I exist in this commercial world to sell products. That, <laughs> that was how I thought of it. Did you did you know going into the scenes that they were going to be full of so many Easter eggs and that fans like myself and I'm sorry for tagging you so much on Instagram. Were were you aware that we were going to pick them apart, that people were just going to look at everything like, you know, Hydra soap for the mess you didn't mean to make, you know, obviously (laughs) reference to Wanda and Civil War. Were you aware of that? Did, did, did Matt or anyone sit you down and sort of walk you through all of those? No. <laughs> so you found out after the fact when crazy people like me are on Instagram, like, oh my God. Completely. Oh, yes. And they're so Blade, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. I mean, even if they are so lovely that if, yeah. if I had wondered or if, if I had gone up to one of the producers and asked, I'm sure they would have been happy to yeah. uh, walk me through those Easter eggs and stuff. But I didn't even know to ask because I wasn't aware of the whole, you know, lexicon of Marvel. So um, I was blissfully ignorant. <laughs> well, I think even even Elizabeth Olsen said in one of those interviews where she was here, like, props to the props person because she didn't even know like the label on a wine translated to house of misery which is you know a reference to house of m and all that stuff and sort oh. of symbolic of what's happening in westview so oh okay yeah i mean that yeah kudos to them and just the detail put into the script and into the prop department yeah so was there ever um more for for commercial woman because i don't think we see her in the end amongst the townspeople were you on set and maybe that scene just got cut? Um, was there ever going to be like some kind of resolution that you were there and you were part of the people one was holding captive? Which I, is think so I'll, I, think I'll leave, I think I'll leave that to the imagination. Perfect. Because yeah. Victoria, I literally paused every like big wide <laughs> shot. I'm like, where are they? Where are they from the commercial? Like trying right, right. to... Any any redhead that sort of was like Emma Stone meets Amy Adams, I'm like, there's Victoria Blade, you know, like, <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. fine. A lot, we, a lot of people had that. Uh, friends of mine had that question as well. Like, where were you? You know, yeah. yes, you're not alone. Okay, good. That's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it to the imagination. But also, you do exist in the MCU. Would you be open to return? I know you can't ever say if you can or will, but would you be open to revisiting your character? Of course. Yes. 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 Love that. So much. <laughs> we would love to see you. Everyone was going crazy about Mephisto because in the Marvel you know, comics, Mephisto is like a demon. And when Wanda created her twins, it was sort of, 
told you know to the reader that the twins were manifestations of mephisto so that's why there was so much mephisto craze happening okay did you were you privy to all that mephisto craze was it coming your way yeah i saw it but it just went over my head because i was like (laughs) not sure what was happening yeah i loved it i i loved all the passion and all those theories I, i think it's awesome so because WandaVision came out during, you know, the height of the pandemic, you guys didn't really get to do like a red carpet or a premiere. Or maybe you didn't. I just didn't know. But, you know, like on one hand, you're like, wow, the best thing about being a, about a Marvel project is seeing all this stuff that comes out with the actors and everything. But on the other hand, I mean, I don't know anyone who wasn't watching WandaVision. I feel like everyone's eyes were glued on it. I totally agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I never thought of it as being um, a negative that it came out during definite shutdown time. Um, It never struck me as a loss, really, because everyone was watching it. Right. So that's really what you want Um, more than a premiere or red carpet. You want people to enjoy it and to be excited about it. So that was definitely happening. So to me, it was like, it was such a a huge response from the fans, from new fans, from family, friends, everyone I'd ever met was, was messaging me. So I I don't think I could have handled more (laughs) press or more, you know, it felt like an avalanche for me. So um, no, I don't, I don't think that that was a, a negative thing that it rolled out during that. Um, no, I mean, it, it, it's so funny because, you know, Marvel has been very gracious to this podcast and we've been able to do a lot of premieres and stuff like that. But the one thing I have to say, it's the hype that WandaVision had. It, it's sort of something, no matter how much money you throw at it, you, you, you can't create that level of hype. And because of actors like you, because of set designers, because of directors like Matt, I mean, you guys gave us something so special and it was such a pleasure to watch it and speculate weekly. And I'm so sorry again for speculating so hard about your character. No, I don't care. Speculate (laughs) all you want. That's what, you know, that's the joy of being a fan of something, you know? Um, And yeah, I I love hearing that it meant so much to you. And I was even uh, somewhere like, like months after it came out, like, probably a year after it came out and um, a musician that I knew of, but had never met was talking about the show and sharing how much it meant to him. And um, it was so, he didn't know I was in the room. Like, you know, I was like listening from, from afar and, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I have to go say hi to that guy. Like, uh, that's so cool to, to meet someone you've never connected with before and have this shared, uh, experience through a show. I mean, that's the beauty of, of television really. Well, speaking of other great shows, you were also part of American crime story. How was it like being on that? I mean, that's an iconic story, you know, about everything that happened with Monica Lewinsky, clearly, but also to be part of that as an actor. Yeah. So I booked uh, the role of Maureen Dowd on that show and it uh, didn't make it into the final cut. <laughs> but yeah, it was really fun to to read and to um, just do the work that I did do on it. It was really fun. Um that character Maureen Dowd was really fun to to research because as you know on that show they do a lot of a lot of research and a lot of work matching the actor to the real person um so I had a blast working on her and it was great to book the role but um yeah (laughs) it happens it happens all the time happens Yeah. yeah What, what what upcoming projects do you have on the horizon that you can talk about and that you can plug? Sure. Um, well, my music video, my music video will be coming out soon for easy together. Um, but yeah, you can listen to easy together everywhere um, on Spotify. It's just under Victoria blade and that's everywhere you listen to music. And then I have things in the pipeline, but I'm not really allowed to say much, but 
you will see me on a very, very, very cool new series that will be premiering on Amazon Prime in the spring. So all that's right. all I can say. <laughs> oh my God, let the speculation begin. I know they're yeah. doing Shira, Invincible so much. I'm going to go crazy speculating. Yeah. That's all I can say. Oh gosh. Well, and, and where can fans connect with you? What's the best place to sort of check out all the projects you're doing and sort of stay in the know on their Victoria Blade news? I know yeah. I'm I'm on your newsletter, which I think honestly I talk- that's kind of the best way. I mean, you can go to my website, victoriablade.com, and you can on the homepage you can sign up for my newsletter. And every time I'm in a new show or release a new song, I will just send you send you a little alert. And but other than that, I mean, I love Instagram. I'm old school. <laughs> you don't I look like old Instagram. school at all. You look I like, like you're in your Instagram. early 20s. <laughs> you look Bring like a baby. Yeah, I, I just the TikTok. I'm just like, ooh, I get on oh. there. And I'm like, mm. I mean, I'll still pop on there once in a while so people can follow me on there. Um, that's where I feels like all the Marvel fans are on TikTok. So oh, it was really fun during the show rollout to like hop on there. Oh my God, the WandaVision. We have um, this person in our sort of Marvel podcast community. She got like a dry race board and was just connecting all of these dots, like kind of like a dragnet. I don't know the term, but you know what I mean, where you're like connecting everything together just to try to solve everything. And, you know, Emma Caulfield's character, Dottie, everyone thought she was Mephisto. They thought you were Wanda's (laughs) mom. Again, to keep repeating that. Um, you know, the bunny was going to be something else. It was it was such a fun time watching that show. I, I think it, that that's what makes it very unique among Marvel projects. So unique. Yeah. So proud to have to be a part of it. Um, oh, another show I, I that just came out I'm in is called Surfside Girls. And that's okay. on um, Apple TV, Apple TV oh. Plus. Oh, well, first of all, I love Surfside Girls. Like I love that title. And I love all the Apple TV content. What's the show about? Yeah, so it's based off a graphic novel of the same title. And it's basically like Nancy Drew on the beach. So it oh focuses on these really adorable preteen best friends mm-hmm. who run around their beach town solving crime mysteries. And so it's really good for like the whole family. It's really good for younger like teen audiences um and i play this cute like hippie jewelry making lady who like gives her a clue and is just like always on the boardwalk selling jewelry <laughs> I, I i'm just googling it right now i don't think i've seen the graphic novel before but it looks fun i'm definitely yeah. gonna send it over to my nieces yeah it out. yeah really empowering for young women and female identifying you know, it's it's just like a really fun. It's also about friendship. You know, it's yeah. about childhood friends. Yeah. Well, and those female identifying focused narratives are so important right now, especially everything that's going on in our country. So, yeah, Victoria Blade, you're so fabulous. Thank you so much for Thank coming you, on and of course. With us. obsessed. Well, thanks, sugar. The age of apocalypse is now over and we'll see you next time the age of apocalypse is over for now <laughs>